Welcome back, everyone. Green and Gold Rugby Podcast, episode 174. I'm your host, Rugby Reg, and we're back. We've had a week off. You can call it our bye week if you'd like. Um, and I believe you, Hugh Cavill, you spent it over in France visiting Alternative Podcast Networks. Is that correct? Any any luck over there, mate? Oh, look, I've got no comment on that, Reg. Um, that's just a matter between me and uh, the website, and I'd like to keep that uh, private at this point in time. I've seen the photos tweeted, mate. I'm, I'm not I'm not happy. Um, Look, you can do a lot with photos these days, mate. You know that. <laughs> we can. You know that more than anyone. <laughs> hey, thanks. I don't know what that means. But uh, <laughs> we've also got Dave Jeff- Jefferson, who's, who has committed to us for a couple more years, albeit on one of those flexible contracts, enables him to sign a deal to host an alternative podcast in the uh, off-season. This one about high-class watches. I believe it's called Who's Watching the Watches. Is that right, Cyclopath? Yeah, I can say that in Latin if you want. Please do. Oh, Chris Custodio, the episode's Custodos. Oh, you doctor, you, that's very good. <laughs> Jeez. By doctor, you mean wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Lost all the rugby league fans there with that one cycle. <laughs> we had one. Um, and finally, we're joined by Tim Aussie, Timmy, uh, who's only had a couple of podcasts under his belt so far, so he's not quite eligible for the contract negotiations of any sort. Remains with us on a gagger version of an academy contract. How are you going, Tim? I'm great, guys. Good to be here, and I'll work my way into getting that flexible contract if I try hard. Excellent, mate. Well, it's good to have you. Okay, so we're going to look back at round 12 from the get-go. Red's had the bye, so if you forgive me, if you hear some snoring in the background, it's just me dozing off while you guys chat amongst yourselves. But it's uh, it was a big round of footy. Uh, let's go run through those results very quickly. Highlanders doing a significant number on the Sharks uh, over there in New Zealand. On, uh, on the Friday afternoon before we headed down to Canberra where the Waratahs and the Brumbies battled it out in uh, a real tough one. Uh, uh, ooh, test match quality, but intensity was there. It was, a, it was a great game of footy. Waratahs winning 13-10. to 10. Uh, Dave, why don't you lead us off? What was your thoughts on the match, mate? Um, yeah, look, I thought, as you said, I thought test match, quali- uh, test match sort of intensity was exactly right. Um, I thought... Both teams were really close. I don't think there was much in it, and obviously the score would say that too. But, you know, it's one of those... It's a cliche. It's one of those games that almost neither team deserved to lose. But if you break it down, for me, I thought in scrums, there was both sides had their moments of dominance, so that probably evened out. I thought both lineouts functioned pretty well. And I thought the Tars probably won the collisions just a little bit so that might maybe that was the slight difference between the two but yeah look I it was a it was a bit of a nerve jarring sort of game to watch as a as a Tars fan but um no it was it was there was some good quality football Hugh did you see it any differently what what was your standouts from you uh, that got Tars over the line yeah, look, it, it really came down to a few moments, didn't it? I kind of agree with Dave that the game could have gone either way. In the end, you know, as watching watching as I was uh, in the heart of Sydney when the yellow card came out for Rob Horn, I think there was a bit of a mood in the in the in the pub where I was watching it. Oh, that's it now, you know. At such a crucial time with 15 minutes left to play, 
that's going to be the, the nail in the Waratah's coffin and the Brumbies may well run away with it. But but the uh, Tars defence held solid. I, I, I think they probably just took their scoring chances a little bit better, especially in that second half, the long-range penalty to uh, Kirtley Beal and another one from, you know, a bit of an angle from Bernard Foley. And, and that was enough to do it with the Brumbies looking back, probably should have taken their opportunities to put points on the board a bit more regularly. But, um, yeah, again, it comes down to one or two moments and one or two little calls go either way, and that, that affects the course of the game. So I'm not sure either side has, you know, can be too ecstatic or devastated with the way that it turned out because, yeah, both sides were so evenly matched. Yeah, what are you about you from an impartial observer, Timmy? Do you get to watch this game? Yeah, I did watch this game, and look, it was just a, a great spectacle to watch, as, as you guys described, test match quality, and look, I just saw an absolute slugfest between the fours, there was very little in between them, you know, the, the scrums are pretty even, you know, the, the, the great Peacock versus Huber battle, you know, we'll talk about it later, but it was, you know, it was very, very good to watch, they all, you know, I think I, I felt they came out about even, but at the end of the day, it really just came down to those lucky chances, and I thought, you know, that, that some of that ill-discipline now obviously got curtly with that penalty, and they just they hung on for deal off and like uh, Hugh said I was thinking that they um, were all done and dusted when they got that yeah, yellow card on horn but they they held firm and you know, good luck to them yeah look uh, it was a couple of I guess uh, points from my end um, great to see Adam Ashley Cooper back at 13 and and you know you can see the impact there with uh, his try scored I think Will Skelton continues to develop his game significantly and, and uh, Cycla you talk about the uh, yeah, winning the uh, winning the, the the combat sort of thing, and he's such a big part of that for the uh, for the Tars, and and you'd suggest will be for the Wallabies. Um, so fantastic effort there. It, really interesting team for the Brumbies. You just get the feeling that they're just really holding themselves together. There's a, a number of injuries uh, they're suffering through. Obviously, the Tamua out, uh, a few changes in their front row. Scotty Ceo and, and and Nick White, Michael Dowsett was played for the Brumbies. So I thought actually did a pretty decent job and. Uh, in halves with Christian Liliofano actually uh, combine pretty well for each other. Um, but let's have a look at that uh, battle. The uh, you know we've talked about it quite a, a bit. It's one of the bigger posts on on the forum. Uh, Pocock and, and Hooper. It's you know it's hard to say uh, definitively who got up. But how is your reading of that one, Timmy? Look, I think it was pretty even. You know, both both offer you know different things on the pitch. One offers that you know that. Uh, Good work in the broken play, linking with the backs, and as well as um, you know that tough work in the po- in the forwards getting you know getting the pilfers. So to me, it was fifty fifty. I know uh, Matt of the match went to Hooper in, in the forums, but look to me, I couldn't split it, and I thought it was, it was a great spect- spectacle to watch, for, especially for rugby sake. Is that how you saw it, uh, Dave? Uh, yes, it is. I mean, uh, I've made it fairly clear on the forum at times that I think that a lot of the discussion about Hooper versus Pocock to me is just uh, it's, it's bordering on the ridiculous because uh, what ends up happening is that people try and pick up you know a minor flaw in one person's game and, and paint them as being a poor player for, for it and I just don't get it. I mean I think they're both fantastic players, obviously different players but I think they're both fantastic players. Um, I think people have got short memories and they forget you know what Hooper was doing a few years ago at the Brumbies, he was playing a slightly different style and he was playing a little bit more on ball, and he can do that. I think clearly at the Tars, he's being asked to play something different and he's doing that. 
uh, I have no doubt if you swap them into different teams and they have to play under the different different game plans, they probably could play slightly differently, both of them, and maybe Hooper would be a little bit more adaptable. But wouldn't bother me one way or the other which one started for the Wallabies. It'd depend who else gets picked and what they want to do. All right. Well, let's well let's get into that a bit more detail later. Um, Hugh, I want to ask you a different question. How concerned should we be about Tatafu, do you reckon? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. It's gone to the stage now where I think we're past the point of concern, aren't we? I mean, if we were really concerned, we probably would have put a stop to him, or you know, you know, a couple of years ago. But ultimately, with these things, anything the ball's in his court, he's fully informed about the risks, um, and you've just got to say, well, if he wants to play, he's got to play. Um, I'm not sure, you know, it's uneasy, especially because the the blow that took him down on Saturday on Friday night. Was was glancing at best, yeah. you know. There was there was no massive shoulder to the head or someone's knee or you know your traditional kind of knockout scenarios. He, it was almost like the back of someone's hand, I think. And and, and you go if that's filling you and, and taking you out for a game, you know. I think the alarm bells were ringing on this years ago, as I said. But it, it um it's yeah very concerning. And also now I think for years also. Something that played a part in that was the was the lack of a, a backup hooker at the Waratahs, mm. but but now with the form of Tolu Latu, um, you know you could argue Tolu Latu being the form almost the form hooker in Australia at the moment. Yeah, I was going to say and, he, um, he'd jump straight you know, back into that Wallaby uh, backup job, wouldn't he? You'd think given current form. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's just going from strength to strength, and it's probably dare I say shading to Tafu on form as well. So yeah, it, it's. Yeah, it's a it's a tough scenario for everyone involved, I think. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, move on. Uh, a wonderful game of, of rugby that they uh, don't let the scoreline uh, take from the quality of the match. Uh, Titan and only a couple of tries in it, but uh, it was a, a fantastic event. And I'm sure Michael Chica would have uh, uh, enjoyed that, not just from a Rota perspective, but from a Wallata, Wallaby perspective. The uh, oh, Freudian slip oh. of the wallet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so stuff. that's how it's going to be. <laughs> More than likely, Dave. More than likely. Um, What's uh, that in Latin, Dave? <laughs> Bastardo, I think. <laughs> um, we'll move on to the next game, which also featured an Aussie team, and that was uh, the Blues taking on the Force. Uh, in New Zealand, and the Blues running away with that in a canter, 41 to 24, 17-0 uh, at half time. So the Force were never really in it. I mean, they staged some form of comeback, comeback at some stage, but uh, the Blues um, had plenty in store there, and uh, that was uh, a, a disappointing performance by the Force to go down so substantially when they were uh, effectively uh, the same position on the ladder as the Blues, uh, same number of points. Um, Dave, do you get to see this one? Yeah, yeah, I watched this one. Um, well, most of it. At one stage, I was contemplating poking my eyes out. <laughs> got into a bit of a dire phase, and I might have switched over to watch uh, something else. But then I switched back, and, um, oh, look, you know, um, there were moments there where you thought, oh, hang on, the force suddenly string together some 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 good sequences of play and they scored some good tries towards the end when the Blues kind of switched off a bit. Um, yeah, look, I mean, there were moments in there, but, gee, they 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 let the Blues just get away with it too too much too early and they were never going to get back into it. 
Yeah, it's a real shame. Um, the Force had such a good season last year, and again, it's a topic we'll get into a bit soon. Hugh, what were your interpretations of this one? Oh, the Force were dire. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> dire. It's it's almost the the worst performance of any team this season. Um, and there have been a few clangers, but, I mean, that first 30 minutes... Um, uh, you know, generally in the in these sort of games in New Zealand, the Force have got a pretty decent track record. Not necessarily with winning, but putting up a you know being in it for the eighty and yeah. and really putting in a good good uh, hard uh, effort. But they just fell off so many tackles. And yeah, the Blues have got some really promising youngsters, and they kind of clicked in that first half. But some of the guys, I mean, Nick Cullens had an absolute nightmare game, and you know you got to wonder where he's at where his head's at at the moment because he's certainly not in the game and and some of the others you know the force have got a pretty quality pack but i mean some of the harebrained decisions that were made i mean that and and the back line shows its typical lack of penetration the the, the grand irony of it all is is the force have now got back-to-back four try bonus points yeah. uh, against the chiefs and the blues and i don't know when they've ever done that in their history if, if ever <laughs> but also it was it's done in two of the of the most lopsided well, the Chiefs yeah. one probably wasn't as lopsided, but certainly the tries were scored well after the game had gotten away. Um, it's it's a, such a frustrating irony for Force fans who've struggled to score tries for so long, and now they finally are, do, but you know, in the last 20 minutes of a couple of shellackings. Yeah, you, you talk about that missed tackles. There are 34 missed tackles by the Force in that game, um, which is pretty damn significant, and uh, a lot by, you know, you talk about Cummins and... And Everson there, so it's uh, a, a real concern for the force. It continues to be uh, all season long, unfortunately, for them. Um, uh, so we'll see how they can turn it around. And, and Nick Cummins, you, you're right, mate. It's such an interesting predicament with Cummins. I mean, we were all, I, th- I think, we are all pretty thrilled to hear the news that he'd come back to Australian rugby. And, and oh, I know he, I was picking him in my Wallaby team for a long time, but, geez, you, you couldn't consider him on, on recent form. Uh, and you got to wonder if that trip to Japan's taken something out of him. You know, he he looks like he's pretty tired. But then again, really, as a winger, should should that be an excuse? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I don't really know what wingers do, but I I'm, I don't imagine. You know, it's run five meters and die for the trial run, isn't it? it? Doesn't seem to be that that exhausting. Yeah, no, um, again, that's what props do, mate. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it, you're right. It could be a bit of an eye opener for some of those people looking to have those um, those flexible contracts. Bernard Foley and uh, rumours about Quade Cooper. So it's a lot of footy back to back to back, and um, we all know Nick's got a, a fair bit going on in his life. So we'll see how they uh, how they manage that moving forward. Um, uh, next game was the Hurricanes getting over the Crusaders, uh, which was a fantastic game. Uh, before we moved on to the last Aussie game of the weekend and the Melbourne Rebels, uh, 16, defeating the Chiefs, 15. Uh, it was 16-3 to three at half-time. The Chiefs came back, but the Rebels held on. Um, uh, Hugh, I'm going to go straight to you. Did you see this one coming? I did see this one coming. Of course. Actually. Oh, um, Nostradamus. I, I, I did tip this one, but, but see, the, uh, I've got a bit of a bone of contention with, with the reception of this game, and I said that on the forums. I mean, the, the reception of this game seems to be, you know, one of widespread kind of surprise and shock. And actually, I think if you look at the two teams on paper, the Chiefs were a little bit undermanned. They were without Aaron Cruden and yep. a few of other, a few of their other stars. Um, and the Rebels have, have been in some pretty decent form, like in fielding a near full-strength side. 
albeit with the, the late withdrawal of Mike Harris. Um, you know, the, this is a game that the Rebels should have really been, you know, considered a good chance of. And then the Chiefs, tur- the Chiefs sort of put forward a pretty dire first 40 minutes. And, in fact, at that point, you know, once the game was sort of unfolding, the Rebels really should have won and won pretty comfortably. That, yeah. They were easily the better side on the, on the day. But they let the Chiefs back in in that second half, and their defence was great, but then they conceded the soft try, and then they got back in, and then they conceded another soft try. And, and you know, they, they and then even in the last part of the game, they still tried to keep the Chiefs in the game by hitting the post on a, on a penalty attempt. Um so, you know, it's one that I love the Rebels, one of my favourite teams and full, chock full of, you know, future Wallabies, uh, what it looks like. But, um, and, they, and they did put a, you know, an admirably um, gutsy performance, but I still think, you know, I, I use the phrase on the forum, we, we treat them like the teenagers of, of, uh, of Australian rugby, when in fact I think they're all grown up now and, and um, we've got to start expecting them to, to put these games away. Expect them to, to, to perform. Timmy, what's your reading on that, mate? Do you agree? Yeah, 100% agree. Look, we're not really the underdogs anymore, really. We're now becoming that tough team that everyone doesn't really want to play. And, you know, I want to head in that direction. I think we are. You know, this was yeah, classic heart attack stuff. You know, I'm, I'm still coming down off the match. I think that, you know, I thought we did great in the forwards, especially at that rug base. You know, I think Geordie had an immense effect on the game, along with Luke, Toby, Lepetti, and even Pat as well. You know, Jack really did prove a, a big difference in that first half against Horrell. You know, he was, you know, frankly, you know, not that good. And, you know, when McKenzie came on, he certainly uh, composed that backbone better, got the ball out, and that's when, you know, they got their opportunities, pushed up forward and got those tries. But, um, yeah, the, the Chiefs are, are a really good side, and we are just lucky that they had a few... Uh, fellas had injured and then we could take our opportunity so on paper as Hugh said yeah they're a good team but on 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 Saturday I thought we did um you know pretty well against a really good side um you know some we had some rather agreement in terms of referee decisions and that's been a bone of contention on the forums but you know I think they did get it right you know on on balance if you have a look at all of those incidents I've seen the replays and you know I you know I think um yeah it was it, it was it was well done from a referee's perspective so so um yeah, yeah, Dave. I was going to say you obviously were a bit more surprised by this result. Uh, I wasn't totally surprised. I mean, I, I look. I would have. I would have thought the Chiefs would probably get up. I just think you know they've. Yeah, they, they had a few players missing, but they've got. They got a lot of quality in that team, nonetheless. And I think my 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 thing with the Chiefs is that in the last couple of years, most of the time, you know they're going to score more points. Um, and, you know, it's a matter of being able to keep up with them when it comes to scoring points, and I was worried that maybe the Rebels wouldn't have that many points in them. As it turned out, you know, the Rebels' defensive effort was was pretty impressive, and, you know, they managed to snuff out a lot of what the Chiefs would usually get away with, you know, get away with in terms of scoring. So I, I, I would have tipped the Chiefs marginally, but um, I wasn't that... Um, I wasn't that surprised. I thought, you know, the, the Rebels deserved to win it. Um, uh, refereeing decisions aside, I thought they deserved it. Yeah. Tim, uh, I want to come back to you uh, because you deserve to, to talk about this a bit. Um, what do you, what's, what's the difference with the Rebels this year? You know, you've talked about them being a tougher side that, that teams don't want to play, and I think that's pretty fair, and they, they have improved. What's been the standout from your perspective? 
Oh, look, there's probably a few things at play here. You know, the players have uh, said, you know, a lot publicly, maybe this is the public either, they're responding well to what Tony's instilling in the team. I think they've got good support structures under there. They've, you know, picked up some good signings there in Mike Harris, and, you know, they're starting to click better as a team. You know, Tony's had now the second year to mould this team together, and I think it's just, you know, we had some close losses last year, and now we're starting to, you know, um, have those uh, close wins instead of those close losses. Um, you know, I, I think Scott's leadership has improved this year, and, and that was certainly evident in the in the last ten minutes, which was the most of my heart attack material. But he was, you know, putting pressure on the Chiefs, um, you know, to try and get that extra uh, extra um, try, and you know, that that's to me a sign of good leadership. He was doing that in the first half where they exported those first two tries out of the um, out of the Chiefs as well. And to me, the, all those sort of things clicking on the field and off the field, I think, is presenting us with you know a really good team at the moment. Yeah, mate, you got to you talk about that second half and the Chiefs coming back. It's it is an excellent sign that the Rebs were able to hold them back, hold them off. Uh, Chiefs are a very good team, acknowledging the the players they were without that match. But regardless, um, they're well coached and they're a championship team of uh, the not too distant pass, uh, not too distant pass. But uh, you knew they were going to finish strong, and it was uh, the Rebels to be commended for for holding them off. So an, an excellent win there by the Rebels. Uh, which was the last Aussie game of the of the round. Cheetahs uh, defeated the Stormers 25-17, and then the Bulls uh, just uh, over the lines 35-33 to with the Reds having the bye, which meant that the Tires, Rebels and Reds were the only undefeated Aussie teams this round, which is fantastic to see. I enjoyed that immensely. Um, we're going to go into our semi-regular, the somewhat original segment of uh, Burning Questions this week. And hot on the heels of uh, the recent blog post of Hughes Got Mail, Barbarian continues to develop his reputation as the official agony aunt of Australian rugby. So uh, here it is again. <laughs> We've got uh, five questions. We're going to fire it to them, fire it to you all. You'll all get a chance to answer. Questions, pretty sh- uh, answers pretty short and sharp because we'll get to all three of you. Uh, let's start off the Waratahs. Will the Waratahs go back to back? I'm going to sandwich this question. I'll start with you, Dave. No. Oh, you, you can explain. You don't have oh, that okay. short of time, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, my concern with the Waratahs at the moment is their consistency. I think uh, they're doing some things better each week, and I think a lot of that's the collisions, but their consistency in attack and scoring the points they scored last year is just not quite there. And uh, despite everyone talking about defence-winning tournaments uh, in Super Rugby, you, you've got to have a good attack as well. And I think their attack's not firing 100%. So I th- I suspect we're going to be chasing it all season. I think we'll be there at the pointy end, but I don't think we'll win it. Interesting. Okay, Hugh, what about you? I'll, I'll say yes. I think they will. I um, For two reasons. I think they're really starting to get into some momentum now. Um, and this was the time, this was around the time, you know, uh, last year where they really started to pick things up and step it up a notch, and we're seeing it again this year. Again, they're keeping most of their players on the field, which is a miraculous, and the strength and conditioning staff um, should, should be given medals and appointed to every single national team we have because they're doing a wonderful job. Um, but my second point is I, I'm not sure who beats them. I mean, I, the Hurricanes I've got issues with. I mean, they're a good side, but I'm not sure if they've got finals pedigree. Chiefs are stuttering, and without Aaron Cruden, they look a different side. 
I mean, then you go to South off, Africa. Sorry, the music's starting, I'm afraid. It's, uh, <laughs> it's time to move on, but we've got your answer. But valid point, just longly made. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts, mate? You've got 90 seconds. Short and sweet, no. Um, I think it's going to be a Hurricanes, Highlanders final. Waratahs, yeah, look, they're, they're, they are playing too badly, but I don't think they're playing well enough to win a, win a premiership. Okay, interesting stuff. Surprised me with those answers, and obviously I don't have to answer. Next question is, will Michael Foley keep his job next year? Timmy, you can keep going, mate. Sounds good. Look, I think it's a 50-50 at the moment. Um, he had a good year last year, but this year's been obviously terrible, so, look, you could flip a coin and pick an answer. There really comes down to who's going to replace him, and is there any sort of big top-name coaches out in the market at the moment are looking to get into Super Rugby? I don't really know the answer to that question, so to me it's a 50-50. All right. Hugh, uh, I'll give you another chance, mate. <laughs> uh, sorry, what was the question again? Is Michael Foley going <laughs> to keep his job next year? <laughs> yeah, no, I think he will. Um, he, I, I think the issue that the Force have isn't coaching, it's talent. And that's been the perennial issue. And I uh, don't think a change of different coach is going to solve that. Oh. Well, you're not talking about the Waratahs, you're not so verbose, are you? <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> I got so cruelly cut off last time, I, just didn't, I wanted to save myself the embarrassment. Okay, mate. Dave, what about you? Uh, yeah, I think he'll keep his job um, unless um, Richard Graham loses his, in which case they could do a swap. <laughs> Interesting proposition. It leads us on to our next question is, who should coach Who should coach the Reds next year? Dave, you got any options? <sighs> oh, I wish you'd gone with someone else. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean... I know that a lot of names people throw around. The problem is I don't know how many of them are actually practical. You know, they talk about Matt Taylor. don't know. Is he likely to suddenly become available if that job's available? I don't know. Um, there's various other people's names we get thrown in the mix. I just don't know who's available and really who wants to take it on because I suspect there's going to be a little bit of uh, concern about what's happening at headquarters. Ballad. Hugh, what about you, mate? Yeah, look, uh, I agree, agree with um, with Dave. I, I mean, you'd say someone like yeah, Phil Mooney or someone you know, reaching back into those uh, those uh, earlier Reds coaches or the guys that were previously involved. Um, Jim Mackay, another another name that springs to mind. Ewan McKenzie, another name that springs to mind. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to know who's really up for it. Um, certainly, I think they probably need a, a new direction. All right, Timmy, what about you, mate? And look, um, Richard Graham, no, he's got to go. I think he's lost his... He's obviously got head office support, but I think he's lost the support of the fans and people will vote with their feet if he sticks around. In terms of replacing him, uh, look, Link would be a bit of a dream return for them, but I'm not sure he's really going to get them out of the uh, rut they're in right now. Um, I don't know many other coaches up there. I know Sean Hedger, who had uh, good uh, work with the Rising last year, he might be a good handy assistant option. I don't know. But uh, in terms of the head coach, I think he need a good strategist, and Richard Graham's It's not that. Quade Cooper, captain coach. There you go. <laughs> Job done. Nice. Right done. in his contract. Um, Tim, it's worth noting that Sean Hedger, his team, Bon Uni, are currently head of the uh, Premier Rugby competition at the moment. He's doing a, a wonderful job down there. There you go. Bring good ideas to the table then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, bring your ideas on this one. Uh, will Drew Mitchell make the Rugby World Cup squad? 
look, he, he's probably ahead of someone like Hubbings at the moment, but I think there's a couple of other players ahead of him. I think uh, Joe Tamani's doing a lot better. Rob Horn and JSC, I think Rob's a bit ahead of him. JSC is a good sort of utility role, so both Horn and JSC can do that utility space, I suppose. But I, I think uh, Drew Mitchell's probably behind those guys at the moment. Uh, okay, Dave, what are your thoughts? Uh, probably not, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a bit of time at some stage during the uh, inbound tests this year. Uh, well, not inbound, the, um, rug- the rugby championship tests this year um, to maybe see what he's doing. Um, but I think probably there's, there's there's too many in front of him. There's also that Henry Spate fellow, which you didn't mention. He's uh, he's pretty handy. So I think uh, he's on the other wing, though, mate. Oh, well, Don't okay. interrupt. You've had your ninety seconds. I, I look. I, I, yeah. I think he probably won't, but he'll be. Yeah, he'll be in contention, and you know, you only need a couple of injuries, and anything could happen. All right, Hugh. Yep, I reckon he'll make it. I reckon we'll take three wingers. One will be Spate. One will be O'Connor. The third spot is pretty open. I think there's a few guys in contention: Tamani, Horn, Cummins. Um, but I think Mitchell's shading them at the moment. Um, in my eyes, I think we get a chance, obviously, in the rugby championship, and, and, and I think he'll take it. So I, I expect to see him on the plane. Wow. Um, all right, final question. Uh, can dual open sides work for the Wallabies? Dave, I'll start with you, mate. Uh, can it work? Maybe. Will it work? No. Oh, extrapolate. Well... I get hung up on this whole idea that we've, they're two great players, so we've got to have them both on the park. I actually, I, I don't think it's uh, it's it's not a it's not just simple mathematics of putting A and B and you get A plus B. I think you've got to look at how that affects what you take away from C and D. And um, without turning too nerdy here, I think you know you lose something by putting those two good players in as much as you gain something. And I think it's more about balance. And I think we they're both great players, but unfortunately one of them's going to start and one should be on the bench. That's the way I'd have them. Yep. Uh, Timmy, thoughts? Uh, for me, look, I'm a bit in Dave's boat there. I think it, it can work, but um, I don't see the, the huge need to rush them out and both out on the field because we have a good uh, line of sixes um, at our disposal in Scott Fardy, Sean McMahon. So I don't think we, we lose anything there. In a game plan, it, it probably comes down to do you need two open sides on the field? And typically, you know, I can't see a compelling case for it. So it's really, it's going to be one or the other. I would probably see them both in the 23, but I don't see them both starting at 6 and 7. All right, and Hugh, it's only fitting that you get the final say. What do you think? Yes, yes, it can work. I, I, I'd love to see it. Um, and, you know, A plus B, Dave, A plus B equals AB, Alan Border. Great Australian <laughs> captain, great player. Uh, and so, uh, look, I, I'm, I, I'm sympathetic to the alternative view. I, I'd love to see Fardy given a go. I'd love to see um, Sean McMahon given a go at six. But I'd also like to see Hooper and Pocock starting. I think they play complementary styles. One's a ball runner. One's a jackal at the breakdown. Um, and, yeah, look, I think Smith and War, we tried it last time. We, we made the World Cup final. We nearly won the World Cup. So um, I, I think it's certainly worth a try. Interesting stuff. All right. Thanks, lads. Uh, as uh, the podcast post suggests on the blog page, we want your responses. So let us know your answers to any of those questions in the comments section. Um, but some good responses there, guys. Good chat. Thanks very much. Another round of, of uh, 
the Furious Five or Burning Questions or whatever you'd like to call it. I seem to change the name every week, but uh, it's uh, a good concept. Thanks, you. Um, <laughs> we're we're going to move on to the preview for the next round, round 13. And we start with the first game of the round over there at Amy Stadium in Christchurch. And the Crusaders take on the Reds. Jeez. Uh, uh, Crusaders team has been named. Richie McCall's coming off the bench, uh, back from concussion. Dan Carter's starting at 12. Uh, decent bloody team. Uh, Reds team will be named first thing in the morning, probably by the time this podcast hits a lot of people's ears. Uh, Tim, any thoughts on this one, mate? Look, I think um, the Reds are going to find it tough over there. Look, they might be competitive probably for the first half, but I don't. I think um, Crusaders are going to get this one. Sorry, mate. That's all right, mate. Uh, Dave, can you see any differently? Uh, this is going to be 2010 all over again, except that was in Queensland, and the Reds are going to smash them. Oh, like it. In no, but ser- <laughs> no, but seriously, no. Oh, I think freak. they're going to struggle, and uh, I think the Crusaders could put plenty on them. Sorry. No, that's a tough yeah, argument. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh. Yeah, look, I mean, hope? well, yeah, look, I think, look, the Crusaders are in pretty decent form and, and, and we're unlucky not to get up against the Hurricanes. But again, I, I'm expecting a lot of, of the Reds because I still think they're a pretty decent side and, and um, they challenged the Hurricanes as well for great parts of their game with them. Um, I'll be paying pretty close attention to, to Hall and Simmons in the second row. Um, really having a look at the locks in the last few weeks, and if you'd see on my post today on on the uh, on the mailbag, um, I broke down Skelton Carter and Jones from last mm. week, and I'll be looking to do the same with Horwell Simmons and, and uh, Coleman, the other three candidates for the lock spots, because um, I think Horwell's Horwell's form's been talked down a bit, but actually I think he's well on the hunt, so I'll be interested to see how he goes. Yeah, interesting stuff. Look, I. Um I'm, I'm worried about this one too. Obviously, the Reds team, as I said, will be named tomorrow. This Carmichael Hunt's going to be out, so uh, you'd assume Lockie Turner will go to fullback. I'd like to see JJ Tualungi, um start there. He's been playing club footy for a couple of weeks and doing okay, at least setting up tries. He's a wonderful attacking player. Um, he can be loose, and that might be a concern for Crusaders. Lockie's a, a lot more... Um, uh, assured, I guess, and he's got a pretty good last line of defence, which you get the feeling we're going to need. Um, uh, the other talk is that Adam Corsick, who made his run on debut versus the Hurricanes, will uh, actually go and play for the Australian under-20s. Uh, this isn't confirmed, so by the time the team comes out, I might sound like a complete doofus and completely off. Um, with uh, I'm not too sure who will start in his place um, but that's an interesting one. They'll need another blind side there. The big problem for us against the Hurricanes was defence, and and the Hurricanes can can attacked very well, and we know what the Crusaders will do. They'll do the same um, uh, through their their back line. I was going to say their their back three, but it's their entire back line that does it, and in fact half their forward back as well. So um, missed tackles and that kick return uh, are critical for the the Reds, and that'll be our biggest area of concern if if we can somehow. Um, uh, solidify our defensive line. Uh, obviously, we're a chance, but um, it'd have to be some pretty remarkable uh, improvement. Uh, the, what was going on our side is that we've had uh, the buy in a couple of weeks to do it, so let's hope that we can. And uh, I won't tip. Next game is the Rebels taking on the Blues down at Amy Park. Timmy, I'll start with you again. Your boys, can they back up? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm hoping they do. It's always a scare when these ones when you, you go into favour because the last time we did that against the Lions, uh, we tripped up pretty badly. 
Um, uh, Team-wise, it'll get announced uh, 5 p.m. Uh, tomorrow. Um, I think Mike's going to come back in for Bryce Hegarty, and I would head to bet that um, Sean's going to get rested this week, just after his yeah. uh, injury scare last week. I think he does need to, especially with the tough Safford tour coming up. Um, you know, look, we've got to start quickly against these guys and really put the, uh, the blowtorch on. We just can't have our 20-minute... Uh, contested warm-ups like we've done in a few matches this year, but look, the Blues are going to miss Kaino uh, and Puitau. Um I think I got that right, and you know, they, they are going to lose a fair bit of that rug base, so look, you know, if we can control it well in the forwards, I think, um, you know, we just have to use our uh, midfield to really uh, put the pressure on and get the points that we need. Um, so I'm tipping him. Good stuff, Hugh. What do you reckon? Yeah, you, Timmy's right, it's a bit, bit of a banana peel for, for the Rebels this one. The force... Work the Blues into some some lovely form. Um, a few, you know, Akira Ioane is a, a yeah. real red hot prospect coming out of the Blues, and he's one to watch for them. Uh, although I think the thing that that uh, has helped us is that you know a couple of injuries to the to the Blues um, with Piatau and Kaino, um, both out for quite long stretches. Mm. So again, no excuses for the Rebels here. I expect them to win, and and I'll be tipping them. Hopefully they can they can put forward a, a good effort and, and win by ten to fifteen. Nice, Dave. What do you think? Uh, in the spirit of concordance, I agree. The Rebels will win, um, especially if they make all their tackles. I think they get up in the Blues' face and just smash them. Um, I think the Blues, if they're allowed to get a lot of front football, they'll get they get a bit of cohesion. With they've got plenty of attacking weapons, so they'll get a bit of cohesion. And they've got some great runners. So if you let them get a lot of momentum, they'll be hard to stop. But if you get up in their faces and throw them off their patterns, um, the the heads come off the chooks a little bit. And I think um, that's what the Rebels need to do, and I think they'll do it. Yep, I'm with you too. I think the Rebels will get up here as well. And it's an important game for them too. I mean, you look at where they sit um, currently in 10th place, but they're sitting on 24 points. So they get a win, even a good win here. Uh, they get the chance to... Uh, leap over the Crusaders will obviously fall to the Reds um, and the Lions who will be taking on the Highlanders uh, who, you know, will find that tough as well. So there's a good chance for them to, to jump all the way up to just underneath the Stormers at seventh spot. And it's worth hit. noting they've got a game in hand on the, t- yeah. the three teams above them as well. Yeah, yeah. So a good position to be in for the Rebels. Uh, next game uh, is on Saturday afternoon game Australia time is the Hurricanes taking on the Sharks. Uh, which uh, will be a decent game. You think the Hurricanes would go there? Anyone not tipping the Hurricanes? Nope. Yep. Um, and then Saturday night over there in Perth at NIB Stadium, the Force and the Waratahs. Run us through it, Hugh. Waratahs by plenty? No, I don't think so, because the Force at home in these sort of games are generally tend to put up a really decent fight. and I'm, incl- I'm not inclined to write them off, even though... As I said, they've been in pretty horrible form. Um, you, you know, these derby games in the Australian Conference tend tend to uh, be pretty tight more yeah. often than not. So um, I'm really reluctant, especially after the force knocked us off last year um, at uh, at their place. So um, I, I hope the Waratahs. I'll be looking for the Waratahs to uh, stamp some authority uh, on on the game, though, to really step up and, and show their premiership credentials. This is the prime, the perfect time to do it. They're looking like they're just starting to click, so I really hope that they can they can put some points on. But I think the Force, you know, have every reason to sharp with Matt Hodgson now back for a few games, getting some good form. Ben McCalman 
is still excellent. Um, you know, hopefully Adam Coleman's going to be back, and that's a boost for them. So, yeah, I expect it to be close, tonight, but I expect the Waratahs to shade it. Yep, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think the Waratahs will win this one. Um, I, I've got a just a gut feeling that they might. This might be a game where they click a bit and they put they put um, a decent number of points on them. Um, I think that you know the force. We've gone over all the forces' ills, and I think uh, if if the Waratahs can 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 get points, I think the force will struggle to go with it. I think C.S. Eberson just is really. Mm. Um, a big block to them really doing anything. Um, he's there to kick the ball, and he hasn't been doing that very well. So uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure what they're going to get from him. Um, and I think I think there's just a bit too much attacking firepower um, in the Waratahs. And I think up front they'll probably match each other pretty well. Uh, Timmy, you see anything different? No, I don't really. I think um, unfortunately the the Tars are going to be too strong for them. But you know, I I just. Uh, Air on the side of caution that a wounded beast, especially over in Perth, can be very dangerous, and we've unfortunately found that out the the hard way last year. So I, I won't be surprised if they come close, but I don't think they'll win. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm intrigued because um, obviously the force uh, upset the Waratahs in that first game in Sydney, uh, 25 to 13, and um, just had the game plan that that took the Tars out of the game. So it'll be interesting to see one if they can replicate that, but two, how Chica and the, and the Tars, um, I, I guess, counter it. So I expect the Royal Tars to win fight by a fair bit uh, in the end. Um, Saturday night, Lions are taking on the Highlanders. Uh, most, What do we think there? Highlanders over the Lions? Anyone saying different? Do they think the, the trip away might stumble them? Lions are a decent side this year. I'm not, yep. I'm, I think I'll probably be tipping them. But okay. Highlanders as well, that'll be a great game. A great game. Yeah, I think the Highlanders are a reasonable chance. They played some very good footy last weekend. Um, I, it could be a good game. I'm not going to sit up and watch it, but it could be a good game. That's the spirit. And uh, <laughs> we, I'll watch a replay, but I'm not going to sit up and watch it. <laughs> we'll round out the weekend with uh, the at Newlands where the Stormers host the Brumbies. Um, Timmy, what are your thoughts here, mate? The, the Stormers are kind of sitting seventh just outside the... The top six and the Brumbies obviously on top of the Australian Conference, but theoretically, realistically sitting in uh, fifth spot. Yeah, look, I think over there at uh, Cape Town, I think the, the Brumbies are not going to do too well. And, you know, the, the Stormers are, are playing some good footy. They had the good winner against uh, the Waratahs. And I think this is with that element of travel, the hard game that they played last week against the uh, Brumbies. And I know the um, yeah, the Stormers are coming off a loss and they'll be looking to make amends for that this week. And I think they're just going to get the Brumbies this week. So not good news for them. No. What about you, Hugh? Uh, the Brumbies' hard-nosed forwards need to stand up here, and that's the only way you can win it uh, against the Stormers. You've just got to front up, and you've just got to bash them uh, as hard as they bash you, and you've got to bash them harder than they bash you. Um, and I'll be looking for Sam Carter, Scott Fardy, uh, Itavea, uh Dave Pocock really to lead the way, and, th- and they've got to stand up uh, and take it to, to the South Africans. I think the Stormers are a decent side, and... And I'd, t- I'd tip them to shade this one. But, but the Brumbies have got a good record in South Africa, uh, and they tend to lift as they travel over there. So um, that's worth remembering. And so I'll tip the Stormers, but in a real close one. Okay, and Dave, what do you think, mate? Uh, Brumbies by a handful. I think, yeah. I think they're going to fire up. I think um, um, 
I agree with what Hugh said uh, and Timmy said. I think uh, the Stormers are a decent team and the Brumbies will will not find it easy. But I think um, I think they'll probably get up by a few points. I think they've got... They showed it in that game against the Waratahs that um, there's plenty of fire in them. I think they're missing some key players. So I think there's plenty of fire in them and I think they'll, they'll step up. I think they'll probably get it done. Yeah, I, I take your point, Hugh. I think Hugh made it first in terms of the... Uh they do travel well to South Africa in particular, so I think that'll obviously go in their favour. I'll tip the Stormers, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Brumbies take it out. Uh, interesting to see Dan Palmer supposedly uh, back in action and going over as a reserve prop as well as a coach. Uh, in my mind, he's just doing it to, to double up on the food bill. He gets a coach's... Uh, per diem, players, <laughs> players per diem. So he uh, he loves his meat, Dan, despite being a, a much smaller man these days. But uh, that'll be an interesting one if he ever gets in the field. I don't think we'll see it. But uh, and that rounds up the uh, wraps up the round. The Bulls, Cheaters, and Chiefs all having the bye this week. So uh, some cracking games there, and uh, all Aussie teams in action uh, with uh, with with uh, the one local derby uh, on Saturday night. Look, uh, a bit of news we'll just run through quickly. Obviously, the Aussie under-20s are playing at the moment. The World Cup's happening later this year in Italy, but the Oceania Rugby Junior Championships is happening on the Gold Coast. Had a bit of a delayed start with the weather, uh, but the Aussies have won two games, both close games, beating Samoa and Japan so far, and they take on uh, Japan. Oh, sorry, New Zealand uh, this weekend. I'm thinking if it's not Friday, it's, it's uh, this weekend. Uh, any of you guys watch this at all? No, no, haven't had a chance unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, we've no. got some really good talent this year, and and some of those guys, especially up in Queensland, coming through, it's it's really exciting. We should put a good side on the park. Yeah, look, the the um, there's some great reports on it on the website, uh, which people should jump to. Uh, Lee Grant obviously does his fantastic reviews of the junior stuff, but um, they yeah, so they play New Zealand on on Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. That'll be live streamed on the AU website. Uh, but we struggle against Japan, and by all reports, Japan were excellent, very well drilled. Uh, we played somewhat of a seconds team, um, and once our key players, the likes of Andrew Callaway uh, and so on, came on, um, uh, they really sort of clicked into gear, which was great to see. Um, uh, Andrew Deegan, the, the fly half, who I saw play versus Samar, was superb, looks a wonderful talent. And then, you know, World Cup time will hopefully add the likes of Korsik and, and uh, Magne and and uh, and those sorts of guys, Fakia Cilia. Um, so there's some big forwards. I think that was one of the issues on the weekend, oh, sorry, yesterday's game, was our forwards uh, were a bit loose. Uh, so we'll need to rectify that, particularly against New Zealand. Um, but uh, fantastic footy, the under-20s, and a real pathway for Australian rugby. Um the other end, you go from those young uh, uh, wannabes to the completely other end, and Toulon's uh, win in the European Rugby Championship at Twickenham, beating Clermont, uh, with uh, the aforementioned Drew Mitchell scoring a, a pretty damn good and a pretty significant, uh, important try um, to help secure the victory. Uh, what about this one, guys? Anyone see this? I've, I've seen the highlights of it. I mean... Yep. It, again, it's pretty. Gr- I mean, it was not too bad for a Northern Hemisphere game. Normally, they're pretty grinding. Uh, this one wasn't wasn't a, a, the, as as much of a kick fest. It was still a bit of a kick fest, but uh, yeah, Clement obviously struggled with losing Brock James in the warm up. But uh, 
geez, that's alongside. You look at it and, you know, I'd forgotten about Carl Heyman. I mean, yeah, wasn't exactly. he a great yeah. player? Yeah. He's, he's the captain there. And it, it's a bit of a who's who of, of, uh, of rugby international stars over the last 10 years. And, and um, yeah, Matt Gitto at 10 to, uh, to direct them home. So, yeah, congratulations to them. Yeah, I think that's a hat-trick for Toulon, and I think they lose a few players next year, but obviously get a few more, the likes of Ali Williams, and um, I think Bacchus Botha might be moving on. But uh, Ali Williams still you know, played incredibly, and he must be in his mid-60s. I mean, you say lose a few players, I think a couple of them might, you know, are, are at that age now, where the term lose might take on another meaning. But, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. But they're, still there, but they're still winning, which is, you know, credit to them. Oh, it's amazing. Um, and then just, just a bit of chat about some signings going on. The interesting one from a Queensland rugby perspective is this uh, probably more advanced rumour that Brad Thorne uh, has been signed by the Reds to be a emerging forwards coach, which is an interesting title. Effectively, we've got a lot of young forwards and, in fact, have signed a whole bunch more in extension. Sam Talake, Seth Fagazi. Uh, Andrew Reddy, uh, Michael Gunn, uh, and, and Young Korsak, who I've mentioned a few times tonight, um, have all re-signed for multiple years, which is great for the Reds. And gosh, what a thrill to be able to work closely with Brad Thorne, uh, which is great. JJ Tuolagi, the fullback, has also re-signed for a couple of years. Caden uh, uh, Neville's coming to the Reds next year, which I'm pretty happy about. There's not many two-metre-plus locks around the place. His form with the Rebels has probably been indifferent this year, perhaps last, but... Um, Sometimes, like they say, a change is good as a holiday. Let's see Steve Cummins re-sign for the Rebels. Uh, Navalu's also re-sign. Uh, Dargaville's re-sign for the Brumbies, I think, just today or yesterday. And there's the rumour that John O'Lance is moving from the Tars across to the Force. So plenty of action. We'll see a lot more coming uh, in future weeks. Uh, look, just to wrap up, guys, you might have picked up that there's no Rugby World Cup champion podcast this week. Um, you guys are all legends in my books, however, but uh, <laughs> we do fully expect we'll have one next week. You, you, you probably expect they're pretty hard bastards to tie down. Some of these guys are very successful business people in their own light, and they have got ridiculous calendars. Uh, so it's been a challenge the last week or so to time down, but it looks like I've got one. I'll be on the phone to London next Monday night, uh, and we'll have a podcast up probably next Tuesday night. So that'll be a cracker, so make sure you tune in for that one and we'll get back in the row we've got a few good ones lined up as I've said previously so stick with us uh, Hugh thanks for your time today Mark yeah thank we've, we've had a lot of algebra philosophy Latin Latin you know what we, we've covered it all yep we are the thinking man's podcast rugby podcast <laughs> uh, Dave thanks for thinking for us <laughs> I'm glad you that's what you call it I get it. it's described to me in other words most days. <laughs> We've got low standards. And Timmy, thanks for uh, you know putting in there and coming back and uh, backing up week to week. We really appreciate your efforts, and in one day soon we might actually recognise you. Oh sure, mate, that'd be great. And look, I promise I'll do more thinking next time just to keep up with you guys. <laughs> Good stuff, mate. All right, thanks everyone for listening. Plenty of rugby this weekend, club rugby and otherwise. Get out and enjoy it. Uh, check out the the Aussie under twenties on Saturday afternoon, and obviously all the Super Rugby, Premier Rugby and the like, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Reg. Cheers, Reg. Cheers, mate. Yeah, right there, right there.